Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts with John Stephenson. John understands the importance of being prepared. Through rain, rocks, and snow, he has seen it all and survived. He has seen major disasters like Mount St. Helens and how vehicles were stopped in the street from the volcanic ash. Earthquakes, too, including the Loma Prieta earthquake, which felt like it wouldn't stop shaking. People were without electricity and could not hardly buy groceries or gasoline. The homeless lit bonfires in the streets. The Bay Bridge and other freeways were broken. God only knows what will be next. Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts by John Stephenson. We invite Jesus Christ to guide us as we examine how our preparations can be used to preserve the lives of ourselves, our family, and others. We're told in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, that let no one deceive you by any means, for that day, which is when Jesus returns, will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. So Matthew 24:13 reads, But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. So there seems to be a widespread agreement that we as Christ followers do not want to fall away. Ha, yep. <laughs> and we do not want to be misled by the Antichrist. Who is the man of sin? That's who the Antichrist is. And we want to endure to the end and be saved. Again, there seems to be a widespread agreement that we, who are Christ followers, will have to live through a time of difficulty during which we will not be able to buy or sell. And we all just kind of wonder, what could that possibly mean? Because if we can't buy and sell, well, how could we live? Obviously, it's not how we normally live. In fact, we cannot conceive of how we could even live without buying or selling. Well, that could be a brand new experience in life, huh? But but uh, it talks about also in uh, the days of Noah. In those, it would be the same as the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So it rained in Noah's day, and it turned into a flood. And, and it caused great disaster upon the earth. Luke 17:21 says as it was in the days of Noah so will it be in the days of the of the son of man when Jesus returns that is so it could be coming just who knows what any time now yep it sure might but the lesson here that i see is to prepare prepare for whatever is coming sure by storing up that's what you do and you have your your savings, uh, just like Joseph did in Egypt with uh, his corn, uh, Egypt's corn and Egypt's wheat for that seven-year famine. And I think the other lesson that we have to learn here is to live with less, less comfort, less clothes, less, con- less conveniences, less telephone. And all this means that we would have more with the conversation with God through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And we would have more communication with other people like our fellow believers. And we would have more spiritually, more faith, more discernment, and more dependence on God. And that's a good thing. So, that would really give a fuller meaning to living by faith, wouldn't it? (laughs) Yep. And if we believers were living by faith and walking by faith, and we would walk in the paths that God directed us, well, it would not surprise me if God would provide us with manna from heaven and all the things we could possibly need. And wow, I can hardly wait to see what God is going to do. So... Start your preparations now before there is an urgent need and what you want is hard to find. Uh, This is episode 45, and as for today, give thanks to God for the blessings that you do have. Your letters with questions or donations are important. John Stephenson, P.O. Box 7222. 
Chico, California, 95927. Email prepareforgod at usa.com or call 628-7222. Thank you for listening to Preparedness Thoughts on KKXX. My Savior God to Thee How great Thou art How great Thou art Settle up your horses Welcome to Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter. This is the program that proclaims liberty to the captives of our beloved nation, where truth trumps political correctness, where the uncompromised word of God exposes the works of darkness and sets free those held hostage behind the iron curtain of a shamelessly biased media. For God has called us to stand for truth, and having done all to stand, we will stand. It's time to fight the good fight of faith to preserve our country, our families, fortunes, and sacred honor to protect our property, our schools, and yes, maybe even salvage some of our churches. America, we have a trail to blaze. It's time to saddle up. It's time to ride. Now, here is your host of Red Sky Radio, Rob Walter. Well, hello, America, and hello to the world. Welcome to Red Sky Radio, where we ride hard for the brand. Brandon Jesus Christ, God bless you all. Have so much to fit in today. If you heard last week's program, we discussed in the second half of that program what I believed was the inevitable, barring an intervention from God, in the ultimate breakup of the United States through secession by different states, a breakup, which would be, frankly, as a result of the sin of this nation. Today, the second half of this program is going to be part two of that discussion. And we are going to keep going in this direction. I feel led to continue. There's going to be maybe a part three. We'll see how far we get today that will deal with how do you know, how do you know when you must disobey civil authority? How do you know when you must disobey civil authority. And this isn't just a U.S.-based message. This is the Word of God that applies everywhere throughout the, the, the entire world. It's no different, no different in Pakistan or Ireland than it is in the United States when it comes to God's Word. There are no differences. Yeah, we have our cultural differences. We have different roots of the creation of the, of the country in which we live, but none of that is off limits from God's Word. God's Word applies everywhere to everyone all the time. Okay? But as I promised, we start with good news, try to end with good news. In between, you got to hang on. It's a wild ride. But I do want to start with a particularly heartwarming story to me. This is just This just blows me away. And it's about a gentleman in the United States by the name of Brian Colfage. And I think that I have pronounced that correctly. He's a Purple Heart recipient, means he's he was worthy of of particular honor for his valor in combat. And Brian lost three limbs. He's missing the lower part of each leg, and I think the his right arm or a portion of his right arm. So he has he has suffered greatly as has his family in fighting overseas for not just the defense of the United States, but for the defense of other freedom-loving people. And this, and what he has done, it just astounds me. He has started a GoFundMe page, and I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to get on. I'm going to get on it, and I'm going to contribute. I don't know how GoFundMe even works. I have never in my life been drawn to respond to a GoFundMe. I mean, we give and we give generously to things as God leads us. But this GoFundMe page is for the purpose of building the wall along the southern border of the United States 
because the Democrats are trying to hold up the funding and the Republicans don't have the guts after having been shellacked in the midterm elections to stick their neck out and risk the end of their political career by sticking with the president. Okay, in three days, in three days, Brian Colfage has managed to raise $4 million. Now, that's a drop in the bucket compared to the $5 billion necessary to build the wall. But keep in mind, he's done that in three days. 70,000 people have already given. Now, here's the breakdown. If you took every single person who voted for Donald Trump in the 2016 election, 63 million would have to put in $80, eight zero apiece, and fully fund the wall. And honestly, I think it could be done for less than that. I th- This is a matter of God's people stepping up to do what our lame and lackey politicians don't have the guts to do. Now, I want to combine that with a, with a companion piece of good news uh, from a representative from the state of Mississippi, house rep by the name of Steve Palazzo. Now, he's going to have to hurry up and do this before the Democrats get sworn in uh, next year because they will stop this. But, hey, they ram, cram, slam, and jammed Obamacare down our throats in the 11th hour, right, before they got their derrieres tossed out. Okay, so do this. He's introduced a bill to fund the wall by selling U.S. bonds. Sort of like war bonds, are they not? Are they not for the self-defense and protection of this country? People say, ah, that's racist. You know what? People who say it's racist, frankly, have a lot of air between their ears because we have, how many, I can't remember the number we reported on it, how many ISIS-related terrorists crossed the southern border in 2016? I don't think I have the numbers for 2017. Of course, we don't really know. The ones that they catch are only the ones they catch. So what is that ultimate number? So to you, Brian, our hats off today, our prayers for you. We saw a picture of you and a lovely family sticking with you there. And as you move through life, we're missing three, uh, the greater part of three of your four, four lost limbs. And you are doing the job that the gutless people in the House of Representatives and the Senate don't dare to do. You, Brian, are the one are the, and the type of person we need in Washington, D.C. Brian, you are the kind of person who actually deserves, deserves to be there in place of what we have in many cases. Well, second good news story here. This is really an unusual piece, but I'm thrilled about this. It's a small police department. It's the state of Alabama in the, in the city called OPP, O-P-P. Never heard of it. Somewhere near the Florida line. But they have come out and have taken a vocal position that the rise in crime, the spike in homicides, everything lawless, has to do with the rejection of God in this country. And increasingly, I mean, keep in mind, Alabama is part of the so-called Bible Belt. But I'll tell you, it's more Bible suspenders, even in the, in the South. It's not necessarily the Belt anymore. It's being weakened all across this country, less so in the South. God bless them. We need to strengthen the things which remain, as it says in Revelation. They need to strengthen it. But God bless these guys for coming out and saying, what is so incredibly unpopular, and of course you got your your lackeys, your uh, the uh, what is it the the uh, Wisconsin-based Freedom from Religion Foundation that says the police in this town of six thousand five hundred are wrongly promoting religion with a social media message. You know what I say to them? Who cares? Go file a lawsuit, you losers. Just go. Just do whatever whatever Satan leads you to do. I guess. No, maybe we should bind you. Maybe we should bind you with the authority that we have, that you just keep your mouth shut and put a cork in it, because they're not doing anything wrong. The police department can speak out however it desires to speak out. So I, my hats off to those guys because they're absolutely right, and. I will tell you, you just kind of tuck this story away 
because it's going to come back to us in the latter portion portion of this program, why that's relevant. Uh, Jim from California sent in the quote of the week. Here we go. Thank you, Jim, for this. I can't believe my grandparents voted Democrat this year in Fort Lauderdale. They never would have done that when they were alive. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Ain't it the truth? Ain't it the truth? Well, it certainly is because the voter fraud is ripe and those bastions of uh, Democrat dominance in Florida, enough is never enough for those guys. But I want to bring out another story here, um, which, you know, it's it's a sad thing when we on the radio or in any form of media have to spend so much time refuting the lies of the enemy. The enemy gets to spread their lies through something called the mainstream media in the United States, otherwise known as CNN, the least respected news network there possibly is, and then followed by MSNBC, and then you just throw in ABC, which was the all-Barack channel, the, the CBS, the crummy broadcasting network, and uh, NBC, which I call, well, nothing but crapola. So anyway, we have to spend a lot of time straightening out stories and lies that they just launch with apparent just uh, freedom uh, and, 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 frankly, no guilt whatsoever. So what did we hear during the last election? Donald Trump was elected because of a poor, of poor, angry, uneducated whites. That's what we heard, right? Uneducated whites elected Donald Trump. Well, let's keep in mind that there are some states that are that have a, a very significant black population, such as Alabama and Mississippi and Louisiana, which all went for Donald Trump, okay? So we could just sort of forget that nonsense because we know that they lie, and they lie regularly. It's part of their daily diet. However, I want to get more specific today in proving something, the extent of their lie, particularly as it relates to uneducated, the claim, the claim by Hillary that a, that that a big portion of this country are deplorables, meaning that they are uneducated yin yangs, uneducated yokos, uneducated hillbillies, and their lack of education has caused them to f- fail to see the light of the democratic deliverance from all things righteous <laughs> that would have been uh, led by Hillary Rodham, R-O-T-T-E-M, Clinton. So consider this study now and use this with you go to Christmas dinner and you're stuck with a room dominated by Democrats and they say the same old thing. Consider this study, which is very scientific, that states here that, okay, what's the, what was the most Democrat state in the country? By numbers, California. Four million more voters in California voted for Hillary Clinton than Donald Trump. As this study reveals that California is the least, you ready for this, is the least educated state in the United States not just by numbers, which of course would be an easy claim to make because they're the, they have they're the most populous state. It's by percentage. No state has a higher percentage of people who never made it past ninth grade than California. Ten percent. Well, I'm sorry, I'm rounding. Nine point seven didn't make it past ninth grade. Now, folks, if you didn't make it past ninth grade, I am not putting you down. I really am not. Don't. I'm only using this to refute the claim from the Democrats that have made this fact that the, that the people who voted for Trump were uneducated yokos. When the most Democratic state in the United States is a state that is actually the least educated and also, which in the percentage 
of their citizens who graduated high school, which are two different numbers, how many didn't make it through ninth grade, how many didn't graduate from high school, or I'm sorry, how many graduated from high school, they rank number 50. California is dead last in the number of the percentage of its population that graduated from high school, and it's number one in the percentage of its population that never made it past ninth grade. It is the least educated state with one of the worst rotten public education, it's not public education, government education school systems. Now, I need to also say that number two, which is a Republican state, is Texas. But number three in the number of students, uh, number of percentage of the population that never made it through ninth grade, is New York, wildly blue, ravenously Democrat. Number four, oh, gee, what a quinky dink. New Mexico, also a blue state. Number five was a red state, Kentucky. Number six, Nevada. So we get you take four out of the six least educated states voted for Hillary Clinton voted for Barack Obama, you tell me who are the uneducated. They're in in their Democrat states. Now, as I said, there are many brilliant people. In fact, I, I had a client. I'll just mention this. He told me, he said, I couldn't make it through the ninth grade. The guy was very smart, very intelligent, passed away a few years ago as a mega multimillionaire because God gave him favor and wisdom that exceeded every Ph.D. you could name out there, which some say stands for piled high and deep. And I'm not knocking people with Ph.D.s. Don't get me wrong. I'm sitting here with uh, multiple postgraduate degrees, two law degrees and so forth. I'm not proud of it. I'm just It's just a fact. The fact, though, education does not mean wisdom. So I'm not arguing against the point that I just made. I'm just making the point that the mainstream media has continued to lie. They've lied again and again on this fact that it is the most uh, the most uneducated states that went for Trump. No, it's the most uneducated states that went for Hillary Clinton. So save that. Keep that in your arsenal for that Christmas dinner when everything else is blown out of control. It's beyond... It's beyond salvaging, and you got to leave with your uh, at least leave with a measure of truth on your lips, and uh, do as you feel led. As Scripture says, as much as is possible, live peaceably among all men, and that would certainly include your family. But if your family is on you, does it mean you should not ever defend yourself? Should you never speak to truth? Jesus spoke to truth all the time, all the time. All the time. He was the power. Truth is the power. The feminists will say we're speaking truth to power. No, uh, you're not speaking truth. The fact of the matter is power is in the truth, and they don't have it. Now, continuing in this vein in the sort of dastardly deeds of the mainstream media, and you have heard about this, so I'm not going to spend much time on it, but there's some things I need to add to the story that you are not hearing from the mainstream media. And that deals with Klaus Relotius. Relotius. He's, uh, he's German. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his last name. R-E-L-O-T-I-U-S. Relotius. Relotius. I'm not sure. Klaus. C-L-A-A-S is his first name. He's a longtime writer for the German publication Der Spiegel. I think I've pronounced that right. So don't don't anybody tell me I don't know any German. Yeah, I speak some German. Der Spiegel. There you go. That's it. And I probably really got that wrong. Anyway, he confessed, broke down the other day in all of the lies he has told in his stories, all of the fabrications of every nature from events to dates to people's names, even to people's existence. Der Spiegel says this is the lowest point in 70 years of publication because they're riddled, stories are riddled with lies all over the place. Kloss's most defining characteristic 
in the last couple of years is this absolute hatred for Donald Trump. And he has lied about Trump. He simply has joined all the other liars in the media. And and uh, this and I find this actually somewhat humorous because CNN just a few years ago named this liar as journalist of the year. Well, keep in mind that only last year three CNN journalists had to resign because they were outwardly caught forging fake news, outright lies. Would they have fired them if they hadn't been caught? No, of course not, because CNN is a lying network. It's only when they're called out to try to retain some level of viewership that they have to then deal in a disciplinary manner with their own employees who have been caught lying. All three journalists were, guess what? Democrats. The Washington Post journalist, the New York Times journalist that they canned here uh, last year. I can't, I can't pull up their names all of uh, on the on the fly, I didn't prepare for that. This was just kind of came to me. They were both Democrats, fired for lying, and fired not because they lied, but because they lied and they got caught lying. All right, who can forget Dan Rather? I call him Dan Blather, because that's all he did is he blathered in his hatred of Republicans, and he lied. How about John Kerry lying? Well, he wasn't part of the media, but he lies. How about... Oh, Brian Williams, another left-wing reporter. Guess what? I'm not saying Republicans don't lie. Don't get me wrong. We have all lied. We've all sinned. We've all fallen and come short of the glory of God. But there seems to be something in the DNA of Democrats that, that allows them, in fact, actually fuels them to lie with great ease and great please if it serves their purpose or they think that it serves their purpose. So I will just say that uh, when it comes down to the media, it is no wonder that in the United States we are now at the point that 63% of the people no longer have a fundamental trust in the media. And I will tell you that is a good thing, that we distrust it. Because it's a bad thing if they, that we distrusted those who told the truth But it's a healthy thing and a good thing to distrust those who lie. And the more they lie, the more egregious they lie, egregiously that they lie, the easier they are to identify. So uh, when they go over the top, I am sort of pleased when the left goes over the top in their stories because third graders could pick out the lies and the exaggeration and the hyperbole that seems to be the defining characteristic of the great bulk of the American mainstream media. Now, how much of that, of you living in other countries, do you deal with false media in England? Ah, Some of the time people say, ah, the BBC, it's right on. Well, no, not exactly. Everybody's got an angle. Ninety, what, 4% of the journalists in the United States are Democrats? So you don't think that doesn't leak out? And don't you think that that doesn't lead to them screening and holding back certain stories that they don't want you to hear? Absolutely does. Why would it be any difference in India and in Nepal, in Russia, Dubai, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, Ireland? You, you, you pick a country, it doesn't matter. Those who have an agenda are going to shape and fashion the news to fit their political predispositions. And you know what? Maybe the people on the right and the righteous do the same thing. I mean, I didn't give you the names of any good people or previously good people who had been caught, or people we thought were good, people who were on our political side who lied to the media. Yes, they're out there. It's just that the ones who have been the most successful in getting away with it the, the luminaries, the bright shining lights in the American media, those are the ones who have been called out, clamped down, booted out, but to no chagrin or embarrassment of their parent companies or their employers. Their employers continue to just dish out dissimilitude. Go look that one up. 
dish out dissimilitude. Well, okay. Let's get on to our sorry. We're gonna we're gonna head to a break here in just a minute, but we're gonna launch part two of what we started last week dealing with the reason that the United States is headed for a breakup, a splitting, a division that is uh, a breaking in two at least, and a breaking in two doesn't mean necessarily 50-50, as I'll point out in just a minute. But you, I, I, I sent you to paper and pencil last week. Get it this week. I'm going to very, very quickly, in the interest of time, review a few things I covered from last week and then move on to some new points that I want to get to to complete this topic on today's program. So these are the passages you're going to want to write down. 1 Kings 11, write the whole thing down. And Deuteronomy uh, chapter 28, there are particular verses here, and this is as far as we're going to go today. Deuteronomy 28, verses 43 and 44, and then 49 and 50. That's what is going to be added to today's program. Now, what I indicated last week when we we uh, started, launched on this, was that if you look in, oh, I'm going to start actually with Leviticus. I didn't, I didn't keep I put that one in there. Leviticus 18, and God had given the land of Israel to the Hebrews as a gift, an act of grace, and kicked out the Canaanites who were sexually debauched that occupied that land. But in Leviticus 18, God lists the reasons that he's going to kick out the Israelites because they actually sinned worse, but with knowledge. They knew the right thing to do and still did the wrong thing and did the wrong things worse than those who occupied the land. It doesn't mean God's done with the Jews no, they're sort of the only ones that I see having a ultimate permanent place in Scripture. But he booted them out. And look at the sins listed, the exclusive list of the sins in Leviticus 18, which was the basis for booting them out. It started with incest, was actually the first one. These were all sexually based sins, incest. Then we went to uh, adultery. And then it goes to uh, the Old Testament form of uh, what I consider to be abortion, which was offering up your children, which would be very, very, very young children. Otherwise, they're going to run away, right? Uh, up on the fire to the gods of Molech and Ashtoreth, child sacrifice. And then he moves on to condemn homosexuality, which obviously brings in everything uh, homosexual, dealing everything sodomistic, everything dealing with queer marriage. And then God concludes that passage with condemning them because of bestiality, having sex with an animal. And he says, for that, I'm going to throw you out of the land. I'm, I will spew you. In other words, I will vomit you out of the land just like I vomited out those who preceded you. But you're doing worse, not because the acts are worse, but because you know better. Judgment begins at the house of God. Okay, that's the first part of our review. When we get back, I will complete the second part of the review and then move on to brand new territory. You do not want to go away. This is Rob Walter with Red Sky Radio. Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter is a listener-supported program. Please know that 100% of your contribution goes to pay for airtime so that as many people as possible are able to hear that the Word of God has answers to every meaningful problem and issue in life. No one gets paid a salary at Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter, but in response to your support, we pledge to bring you the most timely and critical information you need to help make informed decisions in this age of media bias and a growing hostility to all things Christian. Your partnership makes you one of the watchmen on the wall with us, as described in the book of Ezekiel. Please send your support to Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Thank you. I think I'm- 
We are back. This is Rob Boulder with Red Sky Radio, continuing in part two of our series dealing with the decline of the United States, which I am absolutely convinced will lead to its division, a secession, which will split the country in two, not necessarily split the country in half. And let's launch into the other piece of background information from last week before we get to totally brand new material. But this comes from First Kings chapter 11. King Solomon, who had two visitations from God, two personal visitations from God, wrote the book of, of Proverbs more or less, as we understand, as well as the book of Ecclesiastes, and then the Song of Solomon. But as life goes on, he goes downhill. He gets way too many wives. I mean, 300 concubines and 700 wives. I mean, goodness sakes. I mean, with 300 concubines, why do you need 700 wives? Or 700 wives, why do you need 300 concubines? Anyway, it was a huge mistake because each one of his wives kept taking him farther and farther away from God. He married way too much, and he married very badly, very badly. And in the end, he ended up building shrines and temples to pagan gods, the gods of Ashtra and Molech, which were the gods of, of child sacrifice which had a sexual connotation. I think there was a fertility component in Ashtra, uh, which is sort of like the sister god to Molech. I, I don't understand all of that, but the, but the sins listed in Leviticus 18 all relate to sexual debauchery at some level. And so we see they get thrown out for that. But here Solomon goes down the same path, the guy who should know better, to whom much is given, much is required. And it says in Scripture there, Solomon did evil in the sight of God. It wasn't that he just forgot God, as bad as that would be. He actually did things contrary to God. He's sort of like he went to war against God. And it says in verse 9 there that, um, that is, or verse 8, that a strange wives turn him away. And in verse 9, the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart uh, was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice. This guy had considerable privilege, and he blew it. In the end, he finished very badly. From what we can tell from Scripture, he finished very badly. I don't know another way to say that. So where do we go from here? The things that are important to note here, uh, first of all, is that um, it goes on to say in that passage of Scripture, note verse 14 and verse 23. In each of those places, it said, because of the sin of Solomon, God stirred up enemies. God did. God stirred up the enemies to come against Israel. Verse 14, he stirred up Hadad. And verse 23, he, uh, he stirred up Rezon, R-E-Z-O-N. You see, these enemies weren't coming from the devil. You, we, we have a tendency to think that sometimes, that, that when we're attacked by something and that it's got to be the devil that's after us. Well, no, maybe not. Maybe God has stirred up us as part of the rebuke, part of the punishment, part of the spanking. And it's pretty severe. Now, this is why this is relevant. Because we have concluded all the way back to 9-11 that the enemy of the United States is, in fact, the devil. Well, the devil hates the United States because we do have a good foundation. But who, who may have raised up? Who may have raised up the 9-11 attackers against us? Now, it doesn't mean God is supportive of, of innocent killing by Muslims or Islamists or ISIS-based terrorists. I mean, however you define the 19 that were involved in the brutal attack against the United States, all I'm saying is that I'm going to give you a passage, and you've got to take note of this, because it will change your way of thinking as to why certain bad things happen. You might say, well, why do bad things happen to good people? Maybe it's because the good people aren't good all the time, and maybe the good people aren't good at all anymore, or at least some of the people are really, really bad. And as the United States has pursued this cult of death called abortion, abortion, you will see 
the consequences. We have sown the seeds of our destruction with that, of course, followed up by queer marriage and all that other garbage, which goes against God's word. And the only thing that holds us together still are the prayers of the people and our support for Israel. But listen to this passage from Deuteronomy. Now think 9-11, okay? Think of the attack in 2001, on September 11th. Verse 49, And the Lord shall bring a nation against you. Let me just stop there. Why? He's, in this case, the, the passage deals with bringing a nation against Israel. But bringing against a nation that knew God and turned against God, violated God's principles, God uses outsiders to spank them, as we just read about in 1 Kings. So, Drop in the United States here in place of Israel. The Lord shall bring a nation against you from afar. Where'd the terrorists come from? About as far away as you can get. From the end of the earth, it says, as swift as the eagle flies. Well, what did they use in the attack? Planes. We don't have any natural means of transportation any faster than a plane. The eagle is flying. As swift as the eagle flies, a nation whose tongue... In other words, their language, you don't you don't understand. How many in the pe- how many people in the United States understand Arabic? I mean, one percent? No, it's probably point one percent, or maybe point zero one percent. A nation of fierce countenance, which shall not regard the person of the old, nor show favor to the young. End quote. Did the terrorists give a rip? As to who was in the buildings they smashed, could they have cared less whether they were old, young, women nursing children, guys who are 90 years old with canes? No, it was kill them all. I mean, it's, it may be hard for you to hear this, but is this God stirring up an enemy? It doesn't mean God's on the enemy's side. It doesn't mean he was on the side of Rezan or Hadad. The fact of the matter is, Historically, God has used other countries, other nations to punish Israel, even though those were not nations in which God was pleased because they weren't doing his work either. It's just that he used them as a tool to spank those who should know better. Now, I'm going to jump to something I said last week that if I could get to, I would share, and I think that at this point in time, I need to. And it deals with a dream. A dream that I had almost 30 years ago. Almost 30 years ago. And I have a few dreams that I know, that I know, that I know came from God. Three, to be precise. And you're going to hear one of them today. I've shared this, but it was a number of years back. And in the dream, I was living in Virginia. And I, for a period of time, I did live in Virginia. This was this was this dream occurred immediately after I think I'd left the state, or maybe I was still there. I don't actually remember that part of it. But in the dream, I walk out the back of my house, and the house uh, faces a large field in back that was generally mowed. I mean, it wasn't a lawn, but it was a large field, and I happened to notice a storm that was off to my right, which was to the east. Now I'm a weather nerd, folks. I get, you know, I get excited about these crazy, stupid little facts about how what's the greatest what's the record for the greatest temperature drop in 24 hours. Well, I can't remember whether it was South Dakota or North Dakota, but it was one of the two. And the greatest temperature rise and the greatest temperature drop in in 24 hours and the highest wind speed, all this nerdy kind of stuff. I get into, I don't know why, I just got stuck with that. So in the dream, though, this is important, because I pay particular attention to noticing a storm on the e- to the east of me, the northeast. <clears throat> what is northeast of Virginia? New England, most predominantly New York and Massachusetts, and those states. The reason that made a, uh, an impression on me in the dream was because I know historically, throughout the United States, most of the storms come from the west. That's the most frequent direction, most of all probably southwest, or sometimes the south. 
it, you get the nor'easters up in New England, but that's a different thing. Most of the weather in the United States comes from the west. It's a fact. So I was intrigued by the storm that I saw off to the northeast, and I thought in this dream, oh, this won't come to me because the storms come from the west. It's to the northeast. It's going to move away and out over the ocean. But in the dream, I'm sort of I'm just intrigued enough. I go back out on the back patio of my house. And I see the storms getting closer. And I thought, oh, this is, this is an anomaly. This is different. This is a storm coming from the northeast. Go back inside, come back out. It's getting closer. Now I'm starting to get worried because this thing is as intensely black as you could possibly, possibly imagine. It looks like a tornado. Now I'm getting concerned uh, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I haven't scooped up the children yet or anything and fled. I'm just sort of mesmerized by this storm. And now I'm watching, and it gets closer and closer, and when it gets uh, close enough that I can actually see detail, I see about 12 to 15 little tornadoes, probably no more than 50 to 100 feet high, that then go up into one gigantic, immensely dark black cloud. All the tornadoes were being fed by this big black cloud. And on the tornadoes, each one of the tornadoes were spinning around, but each one of them had a demon on them who looked like a white person covered with bear grease or some dark grease. That's what it looked like. Uh, and they were each of them were laughing hideously. These horrible, wicked, evil laugh. They weren't spinning around. The tornadoes that they were hanging on to were spinning around. It looked like they were shinnying up a pole. But they were riding this. They were riding these tornadoes. And they were coming at a ferocious speed now. And I could see... Without, without exact depiction, I could tell that there was deep sin in each one of these tornadoes. And at that point, I freak out. I grab the kids and everything, head out the front door, and I'm stuck because all the traffic is jammed uh, up on the street of everybody else trying to get away from this storm. We waited too late. We didn't do anything. We didn't prepare for the storm takes note of that. We didn't prepare for the storm. We could see it coming. We never thought it was that serious until it was bearing down on our throats, on our heads. And now I couldn't escape. And in sheer utter panic, I woke up. And God gave me the meaning of the dream right away. But there was a part of it I didn't get until later. And that each one of these demons represented sin. Gross sin. It was a turning away from God. It was abortion. It was queer sex. It was all the things listed in Leviticus. It was the adultery. It was the abortion. It was the incest. It was all these debauched moral things that are attributable to the fact that the pastors and preachers in the United States have not been faithful in preaching the whole word of God. And we pay the price. We, we dilly-dally, as my mother would say. We don't pay attention to what's happening. We think it's for some land far, far away. It's not going to reach us. And lo and behold, it's coming and bearing right down on us. And, folks, that dream has been increasingly fulfilled every single year. Now, here's the part that God only revealed to me about five or six years ago. Why did the storm come out of the northeast? It's because it's been the primary place, not the exclusive place, but the primary place where sin and the consequences of sin have launched inside the United States. Folks, Massachusetts was the cradle of liberty. It's, it, was this, it was where this nation was birthed upon the word of God. And the Bible says where the house of God, it says judgment begins where? Judgment begins at the house of God. It's where things start that had a godly origin are the first places to be judged. And New York, while, while 
Hawaii flirted with abortion and had a limited abortion, and Colorado did as early as 1967. New York was the first state to open up its doors to full-fled abortion for basically anybody for any reason. That occurred in New York. Queer marriage started in Massachusetts. AIDS, the first detected case, New York. The West Nile virus, which is a very... Uh, uh, deep affliction for horses started in Massachusetts. You can look at all sorts of evil that has launched in New England, and it has moved west. It started in the Northeast. Not exclusively so, but that's the reason that that dream is so important. And it was, in fact, indeed prophetic. So where does this take us? As I said Earlier from Solomon, the nation was ripped in two because of his sin. Wasn't ripped equally. No, there were ten tribes that were part, that were evil, started out evil, never got any better until they had they were got dragged into exile. I call those the Democrats. They have always been they have been evil for as long as I live, only just getting worse and worse and worse. And there was a remnant which I, for a, for a few minutes, hang on here, I'm going to call the Republicans that have hung on. This was a tribe of Judah, which under the kings had a fair number of good kings, but Judah itself lapsed into sin. And ultimately, and, and before you pride yourself on being a Republican, ultimately Judah was judged more harshly than the ten tribes of Israel. And why? Because it knew better. It knew better, and it didn't do it. That's why Republicans stand, actually, the prospect, if, and I don't want to make them out to be a party that gets judged, but there are a lot of Republicans who are going to be judged more harshly because if you don't do right and you do know how to do better, and you know what's right, you will judge, be judged more harshly. You will be judged more harshly. And it's said that even at one point in Scripture, I don't have the, the passage here, Judah did even worse than the ten tribes. And they started from a position of righteousness. And so what's going to happen in the United States? There will be a splitting. There will be people that will flee to states, and it will be not a split from the left like California. That whole thing was stupid as can be. California won't leave. And if they did, I wouldn't mind because they're the problem. But it's going to come under the next presidencies, which are overwhelmingly demonically controlled by the Democrat Party, and it will be over guns, the right to keep and bear arms. I've said this a gazillion times, and those of us who have arms and want to protect our families will flee, just like Paul fled Ephesus, just like Jesus fled Galilee, just like Joseph and Mary fled Israel for Egypt. We will flee because our life will be at risk, and why will our life be at risk? Because we can't defend ourselves. And where we go, I've got a couple of states that I think are the first ones to leave. Folks, it's not Texas. In my opinion, it's Oklahoma and Tennessee. But that could change. That's just my, that's pure speculation. And, and the great majority of the country will be owned and run by the left. It'll be a relatively small amount that will be like the tribe of Judah that remained righteous for a period of time, trying to hold on, but ultimately were influenced by the evil that was around them, became the evil that was in them. So why do I bring this up? Because it takes us now back to another passage, back to passage in back to Deuteronomy 28, that as a result of the sin, I just read to you the passage about the, the nation coming from afar, the language uh, which was foreign to us, we don't understand it, as being 9-11. But as a result of this cumulative sin, eventually you get to the point where it says in verse 43 of Deuteronomy, the stranger that is within you shall get up higher above thee very high. You shall come down very low. He shall lend to you. You shall not lend to him. He shall be the head. You shall be the tail. The strangers, the foreigners, who God opens up this country because of its sin, this doesn't mean Mexicans or Central Americans or uh, Middle Easterners, whoever comes legally or illegally, 
It doesn't mean that they have favor with God. It doesn't mean that they're anything other than that they may be used as a tool of punishment for this nation's sins. Is it too late for this country? No, it is not too late. But only because if you consider Nineveh, it wasn't too late for Nineveh. The city was wholly wicked. And because it repented, it was spared. And that's the only thing that will save us. Jim Brulte, the head of the Republican Party in California, wrote this last week. He said, don't you people think that you, that live in other states beside California that what happened in California, which was just a complete wipeout of all the Republicans, don't think it can't happen to you because California is coming to you. I've said this for a long time. The evil will continue to leak and ooze out of California until it stains and soils and smothers much of the part, much of the rest of the United States. But Brulte is wrong on something. He said, well, he was correct when he said, well, he's a lot of people think this is a Trump factor. Well, he says it wasn't, and I think it was only partly that because Republicans were losing ground in California before. He said, well, we have bad candidates. Well, some of our, can- our candidates, the Republican side, were bad. They were compromising weasels because they didn't have the guts, they didn't have the cojones to stand up for righteousness and God's word. And they got wiped out. That's partly true. But he goes on to say it's because demographics, it's because Hispanics and Asians have taken over California, that California no longer has any regard for that which Republicans offer. That's kind of right, but he misses the point. He misses the point because it is because we haven't stood for the right things. God has opened up the country to whether it's Rezon, whether it's Hadad, whether it's the Assyrians, the Syrians, the Philistines, those that would come in and do us damage because we have not been faithful. We have not been faithful. The pastors have not been faithful. I will tell you, this is a, this is a, a difficult time, but it's going to be much more difficult as we become increasingly accountable for our behavior. Let me share something which will stun a lot of my listeners. When New York passed its abortion-on-demand bill three years before Roe v. Wade, before th- three years before the Supreme Court ram, cram, slammed, and jammed the, the execution of innocent unborn children down our throats as a supposed constitutional right, which was nothing more than a witch's brew, three years before that, New York opened up the doors. As I was saying, the evil out of the Northeast. But who passed it? Nelson Rockefeller, a Republican governor. The Senate, the state Senate in New York was run by Republicans. The state House of Representatives was controlled by Republicans. Republicans owned all three branches of the, of, uh, at the legislative level, and they passed the most sweeping abortion bill of its kind in the history of probably of the world. I don't know if we were if we if we were in a race with some European countries into hell. I think some European countries had abortion in the early 60s, about the time Europe started to go down the toilet. So, what does that all say? It's saying first of all that if you don't ultimately if you don't stick with God's word, it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat. What it does say is if you are faking it like you're standing for God's word and you're faking it in the Republican side, you will be dealt with more harshly. And that's why the New England has been the source, the locus, or the origin of much of the evil that has spread throughout the United States. It's got its left-wing brother in California and Hawaii doing its best to help this country win. KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K283AR. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. 
It was a banner day on Wall Street as the Dow Jones Industrial Average shot up over 1,000 points, largely due to holiday sales figures and White House assurance that the Fed chair will keep his job. MasterCard Spending Pulse senior advisor Steve Sadov says the cratering stock market didn't hurt Christmas sales. You know, the stock market tends to affect more the luxury sector, uh, and you saw a flattish performance out of luxury. Uh, overall, I don't see the market as having affected too much the uh, the holiday result. Economist Diane Swank says the Christmas break was good for financial markets following Monday's market plunge. Having the day off, it, we needed a much-needed timeout from what was going on in financial markets and what's going to happen during the rest of the week. President Trump made a surprise visit to Iraq today with First Lady Melania Trump and National Security Advisor John Bolton in tow. Mr. Trump says the U.S. cannot always be the one other nations depend on to keep the peace and do the fighting. If they want us to do the fighting, they also have to pay a price. And sometimes that's also.